Good evening. Welcome this evening. This, uh, I guess, effectively will be the last that we speak about Thanksgiving, a very uh, a, a, a holiday that I anticipate very much with my family, and it goes by so quickly that here we find ourselves now anticipating Christmas. But I want to talk about Thanksgiving. I want to talk about counting in all joy and thriving under any circumstance. You know, as my own walk in the, in, with the Lord is now probably 50 years, it always hasn't been the 50 years of growth. It has had its fits and starts. And uh, the more, however, I have spent in the Word since coming to church here, I have grown. And so every time the, the Holy Spirit brings you to another level, you recognize you still have a ways to go. And there's always more, as he says, he will perfect that which concerns us. And line upon line, he will bring us to a place to be more like Christ. And as I've said here before on this pulpit, I've said, if I have to be here for another 50 years on this earth, I guess it won't be 50, anywhere from, I don't know, 20 to 40 more years, I want to grow. I want to grow in wisdom. I want to understand <clears throat> him and get to know him more and more and more so there is less of me and more of him. And that's something that I think that I've learned and ascertained over the last 20 plus years of digging into the word and growing. And yet I have yet to ascertain and fully become like him. I am still struggle with things. I still battle with issues. And I, and I want to basically go through this today as kind of like going through this together because I have yet to perfect any of this. I still struggle with frustration. I still struggle with anger. I still struggle with disappointment, with anxiety, with, with I guess, anxiety being fear. I guess fear. I still struggle with these human emotions because I'm still tied to this world. It's as if this world is steeped in emotion and yet the kingdom of God is steeped in faith and belief. I don't want to be a slave to emotion. I want to grow. I want to be, I want to escape the flesh that, that holds me down or almost like enslaves me and be free from that so that I can be more like him. And so what I'm thankful for what I thank the Lord for every day, believe it or not, this seems counterintuitive. It seems as if this is contrary to the human condition. But as James 1, 2 says, I count it all joy. Now, please understand, this is not my, uh, I am not like Smith Wigglesworth, who am in the spirit consistently throughout the day, would that I were, but... When you fall into various trials, as James says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Count it all joy when you face trials because the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
That's where I want to be. That's where I want to get. I want to get to the point where I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I fear no evil because I have been tested and overcome the emotion and only walk in faith and belief and security knowing that I am lifted up by my Father's righteous right hand. And yet, it's almost as if I keep going back, back to the valley of the shadow of death. Why do I keep going back there? I don't like it. I don't want to be there. And yet I am still drawn in by my emotions. But James's word counted all joy, for which I should be thankful. And when I'm in the Spirit, when I'm in praise and worship, when I'm in prayer, when I'm studying the Word, then I'm in the Spirit, and it's all joy. Because my, I have fixed my thoughts. I have fixed my being on Him in the Spirit. That's joy. And so I count it all joy when I am tested and tried in this earth and on the, in this world so that patience is built in me. Patience to love others no matter what they've done to me, no matter what I think they've done, no matter what I think they're thinking, no matter what I think they're thinking about me. This is the battle that we fight all the time because we're, we're, we're in the muck and mire of our own emotions. But James is a staggering command to count it all joy. We're not supposed to complain, doubt, fear, be angry, or be discontent. Now, I struggle with every one of those. Frequently. And I get into prayer and I say, Lord, help me to overcome these emotions. Because these emotions drag me down. And it, what it does is it robs me of the light that the Lord has placed in me for him to, to demonstrate to other people, to demonstrate to the world, Jesus, not me, not me. In and of myself, I am wretched, angry, lazy, bitter, backbiting, unloving, unkind. But in him, I have patience, peace, love, joy. That's who I want to be. And so what happens is we effectively think too much about this earth and are not recognizing that our existence is in heaven. So we become too focused on this earth. We become too focused on the moment. You know, there was a psychological study, I may have talked about this before, a psychological study to determine, and they did it with little children, and they, they put like a, I don't know, a four-year-old child, a five-year-old child in a room by themselves. They said, here, here's a marshmallow. I'm going to go away for a few minutes. Don't eat the marshmallow. When I come back, if you don't eat the, a marshmallow when I'm gone, when I come back, I'll bring you, you can have two. So this is the challenge for the child. And so they did this study. And so, in 
interestingly enough, it was a longitudinal study, so meaning what they did was they tracked these kids over a long period of time, so they became adults. And believe it or not, this was a study on the, the ability to delay gratification. That's not easy. We want what we want now. This is why we complain. This is why we backbite, because we want what we want now. We're not willing to suffer in the moment we're not willing to allow the Lord to do the work in us so as to build patience. I want the marshmallow now. And so I eat the marshmallow now, and then I'm disappointed that I am still a wretch. I'm not saying that the children were. They're, they're children. But interestingly enough, when they looked at these children years later, the ones who were able to hold off and wait for the adult to come back for the second marshmallow were more successful along the lines of, you know, the, the, the metrics by which one measures success in this world because they were able to delay gratification until later. This is, this is a challenge that we all deal with in life. And this is, I think, what James is discussing here. Count it all joy when you have to sit there and determine, I'm not going to eat the marshmallow now. I'm going to be obedient to the Lord and wait. Why? Because he has so much more for me. Why would I want the one marshmallow? Because I am too impatient. I am too, I lack faith that he will come back with a second marshmallow. Because the point is, that's really what it is. I lack the faith. I lack the trust that he is good and that the trial that I'm in right now is for my good because all I want to do is get out of that trial rather than growing in wisdom and in patience so that I can be better. I don't want to be the person I was 20 years ago. I don't want to be the person I was two years ago. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better employee. I want to be a better employer. I want to be his son, not the son of this world. There was a time when I was being tried in a moment, and, and I, was, I was under attack, and I felt this overwhelming anxiety and fear and pain. And I looked up. And I didn't hear the audible voice of God. I never have. But I was looking up because I had nowhere else to look. I couldn't look at the people in front of me. So I looked up and the Lord said to me in my spirit, be my son. What freedom! In that moment, I was able to count it all joy. Count what all joy? The, the, the trying of my faith. Going through that moment, the Lord arrested that moment and took me out of it and said, be my son. What did he mean by that? You are mine. You are not this world's. Rest in me. Have faith in me and know that the Lord is good. No matter what the pain is of that moment, God is good. And he repeated that to me. And said, you're my son. So no matter what it is you're dealing with right now, he has a greater, greater plan in store. 
And not just for eternity, which is what I want to be, eternally minded, but also for here, because as I said earlier, if I'm here 20 to 40 more years, I want to grow in wisdom. If I waste that moment of pain, if I waste that moment of the trying of my faith, if I waste that moment of walking through the valley of the shadow of death, what have I done? I've stayed the same. And having stayed the same, I made a choice. I made a choice to choose my emotion. I made a choice to choose fear. I made a choice to choose anxiety rather than a choice to choose my heavenly father who would bring me out. And so what do I do? I run right back into the valley of the shadow of death rather than being brought out of it. And see, so when we are able to say, Lord, I am your son, Thank you for the trial through which I'm going because it's building in me patience. It's building in me a Christ-like nature so that twofold, I won't be in the valley of the shadow of death again, or at least in that one, and I will be more like Christ so I will show the world Jesus, which is really all that I want in this earth. I don't want to show the world me. Because if I show the world me, they'd be like, what's this Jesus business? You're ugly. And in myself, I am. So this is how James can say, count it all joy. If we're able to recognize that we are not about the moment, we are about eternity. Recognize that. Do not eat the marshmallow immediately. Because much more than all the marshmallows and riches of the universe are yours if in the moment you can say, Lord, I count it all joy that you are teaching in me patience so that I don't show the world me in my wretched emotion, but I show the world you. Because I put my focus on you. And you shielded me in the moment of that pain because you said to me, I love you. Believe in me, rest in me, and I will lift you up with my righteous right hand so that all this that is before you, that is causing you pain and suffering and anxiety and fear, is meaningless. It's gone. All there is is me and him in a oneness that transcends the moment of pain. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying I have apprehended this and somehow I walk in the spirit at all times. There's a line in the movie, a river runs through it. I don't know if you ever saw that. I'm dating myself, but it's a beautiful, aesthetic movie. And the one son's looking at his other, the one son is looking at the other son, and they're adult sons, son men, and he catches a fish, and he's holding this fish. And the one son looks, he goes, and there on the banks of the big Blackfoot River, I saw my brother as a work of art, suspended above the earth, not prone to its laws, but above it. And then the next line is, but I knew that life is not a work of art and that he is subject to those laws and prone to his own flaws. So to me, I want to walk 
in the spirit so as to be suspended above the wretchedness of this earth so that I can display to the world who Jesus is, not who Scott is. I have like eight pages here. I've gone through <laughs> not even a quarter of one. <laughs> so when you're in the trial, all you think about is getting out. Get me out of this trial. Get me out of this pain. Get me out of today. And so then what we do is we live life one moment at a time, hoping just to get through that moment, not being thankful for all that we have. This is a lesser existence. This is an existence that the enemy wants you to have, laboring through each day, Focus singularly on the trial at hand rather than the work that the Lord is doing in you and recognizing that God is good and being faithful to you. And so what we need to do is, believe it or not, experience that trial almost as if you are going to sit down and rest in that moment so that you can experience all that it has for you, so that in the next moment, you, the Lord is able to use you in that you have yielded to him, not to your emotion, not to the flesh, but you've said, thank you, Father, I count it all joy for this moment, because in the next moment, you are going to have built in me the patience to not look back. Ah. <sighs> To count it all joy, mean, all joy means that we see trials in a new perspective. Instead of seeing them as something awful to be escaped as quickly as possible, we are to see them as, count, as coming to us from the hand of our Father. He doesn't tempt us, but we are tested, much like Abraham is tested. I don't want to be tested like Abraham. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I'd pass that test. But what he does is, he knows this world. He came to overcome this world. He knows the challenges you have. He knows the pain that you have, the suffering, the rejection, the self-shame, the, the struggles. He knows all that this world has. He overcame it for you. So this will reorient our thoughts if we are to count it all joy and to see it in the perspective that he has for us. As Philippians 4, 12 through 13, Paul writes, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then he says this line, and because I know how to function in abundance and in need, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so he has been through the trials. He has recognized abundance and lack, and he sees them for what they are, moments in time. They are momentary things to either endure or experience all with the notion that God is good, God is faithful, and that no moment that you bring to me 
to make me uncomfortable, to put me in dis-ease, to put me in pain, will cause me to think anything other than that God is good and that he has far more than one marshmallow to bring me. As Jude one twenty four says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. It is to his joy to see you grow. Just imagine that. When the Lord sees you grow from where you were yesterday to where you are today, it is joy to him because he is presenting you without spot or wrinkle to the Father. That's a great weight. A great weight because I want Jesus to have joy. I mean, I know that it's him, that's his nature, but I, don't, I want to be a source of that for him. I want to be so stable in my emotions that no wind, no storm, no trial, no pain, no suffering, no evil can cause me to be toppled over. Much like it says in Psalm 1, 3 through 4, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. We perceive prosperity as it were some luck or given to those who were worthy, smart, good-looking, educated, better than me. I perceived that. I per per you know what? I perceived prosperity as other, that I could never have prosperity. But he just says here, in all that he does, he prospers. So I want to be stable. I want to be planted so deeply that my roots go so far into the ground that no offense, no attack, no character flaw, nothing outside or inside can cause me to stumble so that I can prosper. I don't mean prosperity as far as how many yachts can I ski behind? I'm not talking about prosperity by driving a Lamborghini. I'm talk, talking prosperity about peace, joy, stability, a lack of anxiety, a lack of fear, so that I can be someone to whom others can look as a representative, an ambassador to Christ, not me, not me. I don't want to eat the marshmallow. I would suggest for the first 30 years of my life, I ate the marshmallow. I didn't get anywhere because I didn't delay gratification because it was all about the emotion of the moment. Appease the flesh. Do not subjugate the flesh as the word says that's how Paul says I can be happy no matter what because the Lord's purpose is discussed in Philippians 1 6 and I am sure of this that he who has 
who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I do not want to interrupt his plan to bring me to a place to glorify him by allowing my flesh, my, my wretchedness, my emotion in a moment to rob him of the glory because he's brought me to a place. I can't do it. I haven't changed myself. I didn't will myself to change. Look, I'm not where, anywhere near where I want to be, but I am not anywhere near where I was yesterday, decades ago, right? I, I want to glorify him. I don't want him to look at me and say, listen, you have been sitting there for 25 years still drinking the milk. When are you going to eat the steak? I've given you the steak, but you keep going back to the milk. I don't want the Lord to think that or say that. I want him to say, now there is my son who has transcended and become more like Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Romans 8, 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, and there are sufferings, are not worthy. They are not worthy. Your sufferings, your pain, it's not worthy. And I'm not mitigating the pain. I'm not mitigating the sufferings. Yesterday I went to a, 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 a service for someone who had lost a loved one before their time. And they were Christians. And they put Jesus first in their life. And they were showing Christ to all those people who were online in spite of their suffering, in spite of their pain, they were showing and glorifying the Lord. So that we consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Whether that glory is in eternity or that glory can be on this earth while we, while we submit and yield to him in obedience so that he can make us more like Christ. You know, it was said that in the, the word talks about Moses' face, they had to put a veil over him because his face shone with the glory of God, the Shekinah glory. Could you imagine? If I got to be here, I don't want to be like I was, gobbling up marshmallows. I want to grow to be more like him. I want to be, and I'm not saying I'm going to be like Moses, but I, please, please don't misunderstand. But I want to be so transformed into the image of my Lord, rather the image of this earth, rather than the image of the kingdom of this earth, rather the image of me, rather the image of the enemy. I want to be transformed into the image of my Lord. That's who I want to be. So you can have your marshmallow. I want him to have the glory. I want him to be glorified because I'm his son. Sorry. <laughs> Romans 5, 3 through 4. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Yikes. 
knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. You know, a couple weeks ago, there was the uh, New York Marathon, and uh, you don't run 26 miles without having endured, without having suffered, without having prepared. And so what happens is, this life is very much similar to that. It's not a sprint. But in the end, you run a race. We all are running our race. We're running a race to win, to get to the finish line. So that the Lord will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest that your Father has prepared for you, that the Lord has prepared for you since the beginning before time. And so the world can have its marshmallow. I don't want that. I don't want the scraps of this world. I want to be able to endure the momentary disappointment, the momentary fatigue. You know, as you get older, your body becomes more fatigued. And that causes you to struggle sometimes. There's a statement that fatigue makes cowards of us all. But you see, if I yield to that, maybe so. But as Romans just has said, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. How many people of character do you truly, truly know? where you can predict how they would act in every circumstance because their walk is so Christ-like that you know how they would respond. There's very few. We should all endeavor to be that way, all endeavor to be people with such character because that character produces hope. Hope that there's more marshmallows than the one that's in front of me and the one that's in front of me, it's not one of them jumbo marshmallows. It's one of those mini marshmallows that they put in the little packets when I was a kid in the Swiss Miss Instant Cocoa, and the marshmallows were micro. I'm not talking about the mini. I'm talking about the jumbo that they put so it expands into the hot chocolate, and it becomes like a crock of French onion soup. You know, you're all like, what is he talking about? I don't know. All I'm saying is I don't want the little that this earth has to offer because this earth is fleeting. My existence on this earth is fleeting. I want to be more like Christ. So what I can do is count it all joy, as it just said, because that suffering, that, those challenges, those momentary discomforts, and sometimes they are far worse than momentary discomforts. Even those things that are embedded in your mind, those things are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in me. And so I don't want to wait for eternity. I want to reveal the hope that is in me, in him, because he has brought me through, and I can declare, in spite of the pain, in spite of the momentary challenges, that my hope is in him, and that God is good, 
and that's all I need to know, and therefore I can say, keep your marshmallow. I can overcome the moment because my hope is not in this moment. My hope is in the maker and creator of every moment who will lift me up with his righteous right hand and bring me through that trial to raise me to become more like him, to have character and hope, to show Christ to a dying world, and then bring me to eternity. It's in his word. Seek him out. No matter what the trial, no matter what the pain, no matter what the circumstance, he has an answer. And it's easy to grumble. It's easy to complain. It's easy to give in to the flesh. But if you endeavor to seek him every moment, always during that pain, and say, Lord, here is what your word says. I believe that you are good. He will bring you out, and he will raise you up. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity to hear from you. And we thank you, Father, for all the work that you are doing in us and the work that the Holy Spirit does in us. Now, for all of those of you who, have, who are there listening and who do not know the Lord, have never made him the Lord of your life, please repeat after me. Lord, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I repent. I turn around. I acknowledge. I acknowledge your law. I acknowledge Jesus and I turn from my sin and I declare with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and that he was crucified, that he died and that he was buried and that he rose from the dead on the third day and that he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And I declare that Jesus is Lord. If you have done that, then you have moved from death into life. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I will tell you that my life before was eating a lot of single marshmallows and getting very little. My life since learning and loving and declaring him has become far more than I ever could imagine. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your time. And, and let's just be thankful every single day for what he has done and is doing in us and through us so that we bring him the glory. Amen.